Greetings, family. God's covenant blessing for you. A scripture reading for this morning. Let's go ahead and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Here we have God's covenant word on children's prosperity by A.L.G. Gill. God's covenant blessings for you. Isaiah 54, 13 says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Isaiah 54, 13. Psalms 37, 25 and 26. I have been young, and now I am old. Good morning, family. Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be having some jazz music in the background, give a little energy. Let's go ahead and pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We're reading a little segment from Provision Promises. It says in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 2-7, Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all these vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. 2 Kings 4, 2 and 7. Clear your debts first. Elijah told a poor widow to get as many empty vessels as she could and pour her last jar of oil into the vessels. She did as told, and miraculously, the oil kept flowing. It stopped only when she ran out of vessels. Elijah then told her to sell the oil, pay her debt, and live prudently on the surplus. My friend, I want you to see two things, two important things here. First, the supplies stop only when the demand of God's supplies stop. The supplies stopped 
only when the demand on God's supply stop. I want to encourage you to never stop looking to Jesus for your supply. Secondly, if you are in debt, your first priority is to settle your debt. Elijah told the widow, sell the oil and pay your debt. And when you have cleared your debt, learn to live within your current means. Heed the practical wisdom in God's word, without which you will not be able to contain his provision. Amen. You know, a few years ago, I ended up getting married about 10, 12 years ago. And, um, oh, I should know the exact time, huh? You say, women. Yeah, about 12 years ago or so, I think it was 2010. <laughs> and what happened was, is our budget, like anything else, you got money constraints. And I just was reading the Word of God for a long time, and I just told my spouse, I believe God has something great for us in store, and there's going to be supplies, and I just see it in the Spirit. I feel it in the Spirit. I'm just wondering how to get it. And there was a few people that were selling things through the Internet, and I thought it was out of my reach to to advertise and, you know, had gotten involved so much into reading the Word of God that I'm no earthly good. <laughs> and it came to pass that I saw a lady buy something from and turn around and sell it in the same place and kind of double her money. And I was going, wow. So lo and behold, I started doing that. And um, I got we got out of debt once. We got in debt again. We got out of debt again. We got into debt again. And we got out of debt again. So this time we're holding strong. And, uh, and selling small items here and there on the internet. Stuff that people give me and shine it up and make it look good. God is good. It gives me a chance to uh, pass out books and talk to the people and bless them. Young couples that come for articles. All right, now let's move on. Our next book, that last book I read by was Joseph Prince, by the way. Our next book is called The Daniel Plan, which is really one of my favorite books i wish i do have more time i am good at it so today we have the 17th is it the 17th of january let's move over here it says changing your mind from the daniel plan repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near matthew 4 17 the Greek word for repentance is metanoia. Metanoia means changing one's mind. It is not just a shifting of an opinion or action, but a deep change in thought and attitudes that lead to a total reorientation. Our orientation towards sin changes to an orientation toward God. From our way to God's way, this can start with a one-time decision but it plays out every day. Daily time in God's Word is essential to this ongoing process. For example, we might sit down to read with no notion that we even need to change something. Then the Word challenges us with a new idea. Now we are thinking about the possibilities of change. We may or may not be different overnight, but the Word lifts us out of denial and out of our rationalizing our actions into questioning them and entertaining a new way of thinking. 
Now it will take courage to put the new thinking into action. Thankfully, that's the Holy Spirit job. Repent today and dive into God's Word. Let me read this last passage again. It says, We may or may not be different overnight, but the Word lifts us out of denial and out of rationalization our actions, rationalizing our actions into questioning them and entertaining a new way of thinking. Now it will take courage to put the new thinking into action. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Repent and dive into God's Word. Food for thought. God will reorient our lives as we expose our minds in the, to the truth of Scripture. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Isn't that just a wonderful miracle? To have our insects change and then we desire the Word of God. We desire to please the Father, don't we? We desire to please the Father. We desire to uh, be in cahoots and in compliance with our Father. It's just an inner action and, and we rest no peace until we do, until we have that interconnection one time I was praying a lot I was singing songs and praying I feel so disconnected with father and I asked him I said father are you hearing me and he said yes son I am listening to you and it, you know I didn't hear an audible voice of course I just had an impression in the morning that he answered my prayer and then I was happy and I don't know, but I'm sure a lot of you were like me that uh, for many years I was just had to get saved again and again and again in the beginning. <clears throat> I think I got saved 14 times. <clears throat> got to a point where the ushers would say, not you again. <laughs> well, I don't feel it. Well, it's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. You know, I wanted the uh, cloud nine experience all the time. And uh, lo and behold, the light came on, and it's a faith thing. We walk by faith, not by sight. And I usually say, help me, Lord, to act with your love in the seemingly impossible situations of life. Help me, O Lord, to act with your love in the seemingly impossible situations in life. And that, to me, is where I need to do what I'm doing now, is read and get the Word of God so it'll lift me up, right? It'll lift me up into a different consciousness. Because Psalms 86, 7 says, In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Isn't that interesting? That I go through life, and I was just calling on him all the time. Not even in trouble. And I was acting, you know, I was just crying. Yes, enough is enough. Go and enjoy this life. Get into the work. And if you do get into trouble, call upon me. Thy will answer me. I used to like myself then that, that I used to uh, pray in the morning and then forget all about my prayer and go through my day and have an incredible day of uh, zealous work, you know, just be into my work, be... And uh, delivering, picking up, dealing with people, serving the public. 
And then at the end of the day, I, I forgot that I had prayed and the day was going so well. And I said, wow, thank you, Father. See, a lot of us lose that aroma, that romance, that communication is to pray and get lost in our work. And then there's the other mindset that we're supposed to pray all the time. like, And then we, we break up our imagination and can't get into our work. We can't get into the heavens. So then uh, um, confusion. So I like, I like the first Fernando, my first experiences. I don't know if I can get back to that. I don't know when is enough in prayer and reading and seeking God. A lot of times I sit there and there's, there's a project to do, but I haven't read such and such. I had to go outside and ground myself on the grass and put my feet in the grass, you know. And I choose the grass. Oh, well. I could have been nipping on some wine, huh? All right. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and move forward. Let's do some uh, concrete evidence here of God's reading. I have a little book called here, God's Covenant Blessings for You. I mentioned it before. Uh, <clears throat> God the Father, my covenant protector. Psalms 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Amen. Hmm, I'm not going to claim that one. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, The Lord is faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil? The Lord is faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil? I guess God needs a lot of words in us, His words, so we can be established. So He can, in other words, we do the hard work by reading and reading and, and enjoying the Word and studying it. And then God comes in the nighttime and He rains righteousness on His Word. And He establishes it. And it keeps us from evil. That's my experience, folks. Psalms 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? That's beautiful when we, we see another person with a lot of... That God is the primary person, and that's one of God's creation, and we're all studying and, and striving in the same way to get closer to the Father or get closer to the other side. Isaiah forty-one thirteen: For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not; I will help thee. Wow! What a scripture, huh? Blow you out of the water. Isaiah forty-one thirteen. I'm claiming that one. Look at this, folks. He's saying that God will hold your right hand, pick up your right hand and say, hold my hand, Daddy, hold my hand. And then God turns around and tells you, fear not, child, I will help thee. Whoa, I, I can feel his hand right now. I got my, you got your right hand up? For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Father, for holding my hand. I will not fear. Thank you for helping me. Amen. You know, I got to say this. One time I was again wondering when I first got saved. I think I had been saved for about seven years. 
And I wasn't going to the club, wasn't going doing and just reading and, and work was minuscule, you know, the in other words it was part time and IRS wanted district attorney, bill collectors, and I'm trying to live by faith. I figured if I put all these plaques on my car, you know, I'll like praise the Lord, Jesus is Lord and all these things, uh the bill collectors will leave my car alone. But no, they took it. <clears throat> as soon as I waxed it, I shined it up. I mean, I got it so beautiful. I guess because I was guilty, huh? The next day, the car vanished. It was gone. The point I'm making, folks, is that I prayed for about three weeks, asking God if, if this was the way, the truth, and the life that I needed for him to give me a sign. And I just bombarded heaven. It wasn't working that much. I was just getting intoxicated in the Word of God. Some days I would not sleep for three days because of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you, if you probably have experienced the same thing. Where the Holy Spirit just keeps you up. The light is on and He ain't going to sleep and He ain't letting you go to sleep. And you don't want to go to sleep. You're just like we're doing right now. It's I got on this horn about three something in the morning. The point I'm making, he showed up to me and he showed me and he showed me who he was. I had a vision of Jesus holding the keys, looking at me like, can't you get out with it, man? I done everything I done on my court. Now the keys are in your court. And he was looking at me like that and he was full of blood, quenched with blood, dripping all over his clothes and his face and the keys were dripping with blood. And that was a very vivid, colorful uh, picture of Jesus responding to my asking, is this worth it, you know? Is this worth it, spending all this time and not giving my money to the church and giving more than I need to and being out of control and emptying my checking account and I gotta walk the streets with nowhere to live, no car to drive because you know, the church needs new uh, mission stuff. I'm sure you've done that, gone all out, and it turned out perfectly fine. I needed exercise, folks. <laughs> Here's another scripture. Amen. So the Lord's proven true to me. I know that I know. He's, he's there. He's holding my hand. If I stop and listen, he's saying, Hear not, I am helping thee. He, the Lord, shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. He, the one who has set his love upon the Lord, shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Psalms 91, 4, 11, and 15. Proverbs eighteen ten says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. The name of the Lord, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is the righteous run into it and safe. One time I was uh, praying and the Lord says, I, I can't hear you, Fernando. You're speaking too slow. Is it, was that a yes, a yes? And I heard other sermons where other pastors said that the Lord has told them the same thing. 
that they need to hear a strong yes, yes, a yes affirmative, yes, Jesus Christ, yes, a manly affirmative into the air. So when I was driving my truck, I was yelling and screaming. That's the truth, folks. I heard the Lord say, you need to say my name more often, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yes, Lord, yes, thy will and thy ways be done today, nice and loud, so all the molecules around me can hear it and all the demons can run away. Psalms 3.3, Thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. I hope I don't wake my neighbors. Romans 8.31, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Psalms 121, 3 and 8. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Psalm 121, 3 and 8. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. The Lord shall preserve thee, thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. All right, now, let's go ahead and end it right here. 20 minutes should do ya. Let's go ahead and pray out. Let's uh, pray with Psalm 23, please. Let's pray for our souls so we hurt our souls so much, denied our souls of so much good. Let's say... We're going to say Psalm 23. We're going to say, The Lord is the shepherd of my soul. My soul shall not want. He makes my soul lie down in green pastures and leads it besides the still waters. The Lord restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for the Lord thy God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. The Lord has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. The Lord has anointed our head with oil. Our cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow me and my soul, all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. Enjoy your day. God bless you. What we have here is Billy Berkey on a healing service. We're going to listen for a few minutes. And he brings out a point that's very important. That folks, I'd like to ask you to write 20 things uh, that God will do for you. You can't do them yourself. Just write them that you have a hunch or that you would, in your imagination, you like to accomplish for God. And only he can do it. And then write down 20 things where you like to go visit. And then 20 things of your physical being where you like to be physically, mentally, financially, 20 things. Uh, be able to have uh, peel-off money. You know what peel-off money is? When you have a big roll like this, 
of hundreds and twenties and fifties, and you go into your relatives and you say, hey, let me pay that bill off for you. Let me pay your bills for the month, for the year. For Let me pay that off for you. Or be able to pay off a house. You see how I locked into just your daily bills? Even my imagination goes down to minimize. The reason we want to have an open mind, an open imagination, is so that God can drop that thing in our imagination. So we do that by exercising uh, unlimited Paul Schuler, I mean, uh, Dr. Schuler, the one who wrote the book Peak to Peak, and he made that uh, Crystal Cathedral. And I saw what they did. They gave a lot of money to missionaries. When the earthquake happened in Mexico, they sent doctors over there, pal palace and palace of resources and everything. I was very well moved, me being a Mexican and walking through their the courtyard, and they have all these pallets stacked up of supplies that are going down for the earthquake. In Mexico City, I think they killed about 7,000 people who died on that earthquake. I believe. It was a long time ago, in the 80s. The point I'm making is we need to expand our imagination. Uh, there's no bills to it. You need to believe. God will not send us a bill. So listen up to uh, Billy Berkey before I take over his preaching. <laughs> and let's see how, how you like it. Listen up. Here we go. Billy Berkey, YouTube. Everything he wants me to have. Everything he wants me to have. All that he wants me to do. All that he wants me to do. Who he wants me to be. I want all the benefits. Can you handle it? Say, say this, please. So I was there maybe five or ten minutes just working with this group because it always amazes me. It amazes me the number of people that... Just don't expect anything to happen. What happens when you lose that accent along the way? We lose expectancy. We don't lose the desire for prayer. But we lose something's really going to happen now. I mean, we'll take it over three weeks, but we like now. I mean, we'll take a healing and cancer in a year, but we like it right now. I'm taking a million dollars in two years, but I'd like it. you got to get some other stuff off your mind and ask yourself what's most important. So I said, here we go. We're going to begin to believe God to touch you. And well, I just grabbed her head and shook her head a little bit and released the power. I said, come on, now stand. One, two, three, stand. She jumped up and her legs were shaking. And she just stands there. Here's what's coming out of her mouth. I don't believe it. You're riding on my faith right now. I mean, God will jump your battery. But he don't want you driving around with cables on all day long. So she's screaming in front of the whole church, I don't believe it, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. And they're all standing and clapping and crying and everything. And I said, okay, yeah, that was the deal. Tonight you stand, tomorrow night you walk in here. I said, and then the Holy Ghost said, tell her to go home tonight and put the wheelchair up against the refrigerator and get out and lane up against the refrigerator and stay there as long as she can. And if she'll do that, she'll walk in here tomorrow. And the lady said to me, she said, the refrigerator. 
I said, ladies, better than putting mud in your face. I'll tell you that right now. I said, at least you get to stay in your own house, keep your clothes on. Come on, somebody. I mean, if you want to keep going to the doctor and taking your clothes off, go ahead. I said, if you do what, what I believe God's saying to do, you'll walk in here tomorrow night. This is paralyzed. This isn't a bad back, a sore back. This isn't the L4, the L5. This isn't spinal stenosis. This is paralyzed. See, God's very serious about your recovery. He's very serious about the name you carry and, and to live out your years. You see, after people die, well, yeah, we're not afraid of death. We just don't want to die before time. We want to live out our years in grace and strength and power. So the next night, when the service had started, she was nowhere around. So I was on the stage getting ready to come out to do the service, and I thought, oh, well, you know, let's, let's just wait and see. So I stood up, and I began to open up in prayer, and all of a sudden, I saw the back doors open on the church. She was late. And she came walking, and she looked a little like Frankenstein, no, but, but she was walking like this, walking. And when she walked in, it wasn't pretty. A lot of miracles in her initial stage isn't pretty. And you know, even the man that Jesus prayed for saw the men as trees. You know, so sometimes just breaking out of, out of darkness, out of soundlessness, out of pain, out of addiction. And she came walking, and when she came walking in, I said, well, look at you. Look at you, miss, I can't do anything. Look at you. I can't stand, I can't walk, don't embarrass me. Aren't you glad I embarrassed you? And, she, and I said, she said, oh, my God. She said, I got my life back. You see, you don't, you don't get anywhere unless you, faith must be challenged. You comfort hearts, but you challenge faith. You know, when I was healed in Miss Coleman's service, I was, I had, to, I had to be carried in because I was paralyzed on this side. And I had a patch over my eye because my vision was double and triple. My cancer lumps all over my back, two, three inches high. So when I st was stood, stood in front of her, and she came over and said, do you believe? And I, it just scared me just the way her person was kind of scary anyhow. And I just shook my head, yeah, I believe. And so she turned around to walk away from me. And then she spun around and she said, I said, do you believe? <laughs> well, I realized evidently I don't. <laughs> but I thought that I did. Did you ever try to shake your head yes and no at the same time? Because that's where a lot of us are. We do, but we don't. You know, we have enough faith to walk on water, but enough doubt to sink. We have mixture in us. And as she came over, she said, uh, she said, and when, when she touched me, that power, if you've never felt the power, you may not even need to heal, but in, there's a move coming. There's a move coming. I'm telling you, we're the people. We're going to carry a tangible presence about us. It's going to be inside of you, a deposit. Come on, see a deposit of fire and light that cannot be put out. Come on, say an automatic glow everywhere I go. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be stronger than any feeling you've ever had. I mean, stronger than drugs, stronger than alcohol, stronger than pornographic films, stronger than any food you've ever eaten. There's going to be a tangible presence that's going to be in God's people before the great catching away. Come on, somebody give God a shout. Come on. 
All right, now, we've been listening to Billy Berkey. I'll get you his, uh, <clears throat> Billy Berkey, you can find him. It's called Healing Service with forward slash Billy Berkey, B-U-R-K-E. This one was done October the 8th, 2013. Looks like it's a very long service. It's an hour, almost two hours, hour and 45 minutes. So if you want to follow up and finish that one, I'd just like to introduce you to Billy Berkey in YouTube. And what a blessing to have YouTube. What a blessing to be able to to have these services that are done in uh, Florida. <clears throat> and Berkey was talking about when he was about 10, 8 years old. Uh, and his mother took him to the uh, service. And Catherine Kuhlman, who was very known to... Pray for people, and you can hear the bones cracking as the service was going on, people worshiping. People were just getting healed in the services. You know, um, I took a guy that was about 92, 91 years old, and he was uh, leaning over, you know, all the muscle spasms and everything, and I had, we had him on a wheelchair, and it was in Sacramento, and I wheeled him in. And this man was really not religious, but I had them reading and just working with him. And uh, he was my son's great-grandfather, who was a hard worker, and I just wanted to be of help and service and make a good friend. And I took him there, and he, uh, he said, I feel the power coming into the auditorium. And this was uh, a Billy Hinn. Billy Hinn was uh, prayed for by... Marilyn Hickey, no, not Marilyn Hickey, the other one, uh, the one he's talking about, the other lady. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the, the, uh, when we got there, they didn't pray for him, um, but the lady, one of the ladies, one of the persons that was full of the Holy Spirit in the auditorium, she prayed for the person that was about seven rows, seven seats to our left on the aisle. We were sitting in there. I had his chair in there, and the, these were movable chairs. And I'm sitting next to him, and the lady prayed for the guy, the first guy on the roll of seats, and we can feel the power lean us over all the way to the right. Her power hit the guy next to him, to next to us, next to us, and all the way down. And he felt it, and I felt it. And, and it was a great time of... Uh, you know, he was already 92. He didn't stand up straight, but his spirit got right. His soul got right. Anyway, God bless you. I hope you enjoy this little clip. It's my pleasure to bring it to you and enjoy this day. Let's go ahead and finish off with uh, that the God is in the, in the position to do great miracles for us and practicing believing. That's why we hear the word of God. Say, I believe in miracles. I believe I receive my miracles. I imagine my miracles better. I believe I imagine my miracles. Amen. Give the Holy Spirit some substance. We do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's teaching, today's reading, today's heartfelt message. It comes into our hearts. Thank you for the testimony. And thank you, Father. And Lord, I just pray for the healing of every person out there and the hearing of my voice, Lord. Thou be made whole in Jesus' name. By the blood of the Lamb, be healed. The blessings of the Lord be upon your spirit. The blessings of the Lord be upon your physical body. 
the blessings of the Lord be on your cupboard and your bread and your wallet. Glory, glory, glory. Glory unto you. May the light of shine go into your heart and mind and soul. You be transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, family. God bless you. Reading for today is Streams in the Desert. Our daily reader today for January the 17th is, the scripture is Daniel 6.20. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you? Daniel 6.20. Again, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to serve you? Question mark. We find the expression the living God many times in the scriptures, and yet it is the very thing we are so prone to forget. We know it is written, the living God, but in our daily lives there is almost nothing we lose sight of as often as the fact that God is the living God. We forget that he is now exactly what he was three or four thousand years ago. That he has the same sovereign power and that he extends the same gracious love toward those who love and serve him. We overlook the fact that he will do for us now what he did thousands of years ago for others simply because he is the unchanging living God. What a great reason to confide in him and in our darkest moments to never lose sight of the fact that he is still and ever will be the living God. Be assured if you walk with him, look to him and expect him to help, he will never fail you. An older believer who had known the Lord for 44 years wrote the following as an encouragement to you. God has never failed me, even in my greatest difficulties heaviest trials and deepest poverty and need. He has never failed me because I was enabled by God's grace to trust him. He has always come to my aid. I delight in speaking well of his name. George Mueller. Martin Luther, deep in thought and needing to grasp hidden strength during a time of danger and fear in his life, was seen tracing on the table with his finger the words, He lives. He lives. This is our hope for ourselves, his truth and humankind. People come and go, leaders, te leaders, teachers, and philosophers speak and work for a reason and then fall silent and powerless. He abides, they die, but he lives. They are lights that glow yet are unlimitedly extinguished, but he is the true light from which they draw their, their brightness and he shines forevermore. Alexander McLaren. One day, I came to know Dr. John Douglas Adam, wrote Charles Galut Trumbull. I learned he considers his greatest spiritual asset to be his unwavering awareness of the actual presence of Jesus. Nothing sustained him as much, he said, 
As the realization that Jesus was always actually present with him, this realization was totally independent of his own feelings, his worthiness, and his perception as to how Jesus would demonstrate his presence. Furthermore, he said Christ was the center of his thoughts. Whenever his mind was free from other matters, it would turn to Christ. Whenever he was alone and no matter where he was, he would talk out loud to Christ as easily and as naturally as to any human friend. This is how very real Jesus' actual presence was to him. Amen. Let's go ahead and end in our prayer. Thank you, God, for Strings of the Desert, the compilation by L.B. Coleman. I believe her husband died in putting these things together, and she finished the work. God bless her. Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. We say yes to your, to your presence, yes to your love, yes to your ways, Jesus. Be it unto us according to thy love and thy will, Jesus. May we do thy will always. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus, for being here with us and giving us uh, your love and your goodness. We appreciate it and thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. And all of God's people say, Amen. God bless your family. John G. Lake, Chapter 18, The Sabbath. This was first written in October 6, 1912 in Johannesburg, South Africa. During the conference, I was asked by the brethren to deliver a discourse on the subject of the Sabbath day for the guidance of the workers. It is not my purpose to deal with the subject in an argumentative manner, but rather in the form of a pronouncement of the position of the church. The Word of God is sufficiently clear. It has already defined the position for the Christians in the most empathetic way. The second chapter, Colossians, is perhaps as clear a portion of Scripture on this particular issue as any portion of the Word. It seems most difficult for Christians to understand and realize in our entrance into Christ Jesus by the reception of the Spirit of God who abides within our Christian experience has been moved into a different place from that in which we lived before. I have tried at different times to define the operation of the Spirit of God in the different dispensations that we may get a clear basis on which to rest. I will review this morning I will review this morning in a word. The Patriarch Dispensation. In the patriarchal dispensation, God seems to have been approaching man from the standpoint as if man was far removed from God and as if God was endeavoring to reveal himself to man. Abraham perhaps finishes the best example in the word, and to him God appeared twice, 20 years apart. There was a lapse of 20 years in which Abraham heard nothing from God. Then God spoke to him again. Now, that is the best revelation from God to man that is given us in the patriarchal dispensation. And it seems as the position was God revealing himself to man. The Mosaic dispensation. The Mosaic dispensation was different. 
It was a fuller revelation. It did not destroy any of the revelations of God that the patriarchs had known. So God was presented with the Jewish people in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire and the Shekinah over the mercy seat, an ever-present God. When the temple was built, the Lord abode in the holies of holies. In it, there was no artificial light. The holy place was lit by candles. But in the holies of holies, there was neither window nor door nor artificial light of any kind. The presence of God illuminate the holies of holies, the continuous presence of God with man. The Christian dis dispensation. Patriarchal revelation was God to man, and the Mosaic revelation was God with man. But the Christian revelation was greater than all. Jesus said in his own words, He dwelleth with and shall be in you, John 14, 17. He dwelleth with and shall be in you. And the revelation of God to the Christian is Christ within you by the Holy Ghost, not to man nor with man, but in man, man becoming the embodiment of God. It will be readily seen then that our conception and standard must be in accordance with the revelation that God gave us. And the Christian cannot base his standards of life upon the Mosaic law in any way. Jesus lifted us up above the standard as high as the heavens are above the earth. When the Christian then endeavors to go back and live under Christ Jesus and the communion of the control of the law, he has descended from the standard of the Spirit of God abiding within and has placed himself in the same position where the Mosaic people were. Paul's warnings. Over and over again, Paul warns us about this thing. Yeah. How'd you know? 